it's the great debates and we're back and ready to debate i've got a micro debate topic uh and i've got four minutes on the clock and i'd like to get right into it if we can this topic submitted by listener adam w13 <clears throat> steve healy taking the pro a new york times best-selling book will be written by ai in the next seven years Hi, I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro. First of all, cheers to Adam W13. Not easy to get a topic through the screeners over here. And this is a good one. I love it, but I'm happy on the, I'm on the pro side. And I think I can explain why. AI is in the news a lot. It's on the social media a lot. It's all over the place because it's getting a lot better, a lot faster. That's not why there's going to be a New York Times bestseller written by AI. I actually, I don't think it matters how much better AI gets. Because I think the New York Times bestseller list is kind of a media manipulation. A lot of times a right-wing uh, figure gets on there just by having like clubs and mailing lists by a lot of books. That happens to uh, other different kinds of writers who are just able to mobilize a particular demo or group or whatever. That'll happen with AI. What's AI good at? Manipulating the media so far. I mean, we hear a lot about it. Has it done anything? Not really. It's made some kind of boring looking pictures on the internet. It's made some text that seems like normal human text, but it's about what a computer can do. We know that. Might get better, but in which case that'll give me more opportunities to get on the bestseller list. But I think basically, collectively, we're going to wheel ourselves an AI book onto the bestseller list just because it's in the news and it'd be fun and interesting and it'll happen and a Reddit subthreaded will do, get one on there. That's what'll happen. So... That's my take. Okay, long opening statement from Healy in a relatively short um, debate we have. Those are all good reasons why a book about AI will be on the New York Times bestseller list. I could easily see several nonfiction books about AI becoming bestsellers. That seems very plausible. Do you want Everyone to do a double a down? I'll go to the moderator and, but, and, and do a double down on this if you want. The double down is we add that, that topic and I have to take the, uh, I, I, I'm going to say also there won't be a best-selling book about AI. <laughs> there, okay. <laughs> okay. So I'm fine with I that. I like it. Nina? I'm going to add an additional <laughs> four minutes and. Okay. So just to recap, Healy, now you're arguing that the AA, a book yep. written by AI yep. will make the New York Times bestseller list, but a book about AI will not make the New York Times bestseller about non-fiction book yeah. will not okay okay so again people are interested in ai it's very of the moment it's so easy i'm gonna argue that i guess now the double down first it's so easy to imagine one of your sort of like pop sociology writers your michael lewis is your um glad i mean of course my gladwell's gonna write a book or at least like part of a book about ai anytime anyone any of those guys writes a book it's a new york times top 10 bestseller seven years the non fiction list like uh has a ton of turnover obviously some book about ai is going to take over also like the more elon musk and these kind of idiots talk about ai and trying to like implant things into your brain the more of a hot topic it is the more people are going to want to read about it not read the actual text of it now here's the problem that you haven't thought about healy with the AI text, let's call it the original debate. The problem here is that like 
someone has to give that AI prompts. What is your your what you're actually suggesting is a scenario where some artificial intelligence of its own volition writes a novel, signs a contract with like Penguin Books, and becomes a New York Times bestseller. That's not going to happen. What would have to happen? Who is that? That was Margaret. Is that Margaret Healy? He is what you'd have to have, which maybe is possible, is that someone would write like an AI prompt that's like, write a chapter in the style of Jane Austen that's a book about like, you know, the world's best um, team of robots or whatever. And then um, like, and then cobble some chapters together. But like that person's name would be on the book. It wouldn't be written by AI. There's still like an idea that would have started with an actual writer. Uh, that's the end of my opening double down statement. Okay, Let's get so into I'm going to take the first half of the double down, which is like the no one wants to read about AI. No one, no one's going to read a book about AI. If you want to learn about AI, you're looking at it online. It's on your Twitter. It's on your you're reading an article. It's like also AI can tell you about itself at this point anyway. And if there were a nonfiction book, I don't know how this fits in the double down, but if there were a nonfiction book about AI on the bestseller list, <laughs> Dave and I would tie because it would be written by an AI. Now, next, Dave talked about the Gladwell, your Gladwell type uh, writing a book about AI. I actually argue those guys right now are trembling wherever they are because they are the most replaceable by AI of all. What's a Malcolm Gladwell book? He calls a bunch of uh, academic studies and dense research, finds some interesting things. He calls the other side. He finds the opposite. He puts them all together. He mixes and matches. That's the thing an AI can most do. An AI can read the internet, find contrarian takes from different articles, pull the best quotes, do A-B testing until it has a good one, pop that out, it'll be on the bestseller list. Um, that'll happen. And as for the who's going to write it and get credit for it, it's going to be like a Reddit collective uh, or a group of hackers or a team or a lab or a VC fund or I mean, some founders. Group of people. Now, so now it's a group yeah. of people well, they're, writing they're a book. I mean, that's all the more reason why you can't give oh, credit to the actual they're gonna AI. They're going to put the AI's yeah, gonna, name on the Healy, bestseller if, list. Like they know what they're selling and they know how to manipulate the bestseller list. And they'll say like, first ever novel written by Whoa. an AI who wants it. And people will get excited about it. It'll be on the news. If you're trying and to, it'll if, sell a lot of copies and it'll have a beautiful cover. Okay. The cover was selected by AI too, and it'll get on the bestseller list. And we get it. Will it it's not. It's not that it's hard to picture. But Healy, if you're talking about now, you're talking about a group of writers, and you're talking about the list being manipulated. When the list is manipulated, like the example, or I think that you were sort of going for is the like Jared Kushner writes a book and then they buy like 20,000 copies, right? So that it gets to the top of the list or some, that kind of bullshit. Well, that's only going to happen if people actually stand to profit from it. And people only stand to profit from it if people are like behind, if there's actual authors behind the book. And so whether or not like the cover says like, just be some founders exclusively by AI, suggest we do this. We don't have the technical capacity, but like, if the you three of us were like, we'll just get together and we'll program an AI and the AI will produce a book, which technically AI is capable of. We don't know the human inputs to do, but as we see every day, there are a lot of people who do. A couple of them will get together and they'll put a book together. They'll publish it. They'll say it's by an AI. It'll get on the bestseller list. It's going to happen. Right. So when you say a couple of them will come together and like write in and like assign AI, like that in and of itself is enough writing that it's that does not uh, count as uh, AI okay. writing this a book because it's going to be credited. It's going to say and the written idea, by, by the this way, AI and it'll okay. be on the bestseller list. 
Okay, but when like Primary Colors was written by Anonymous, it wasn't actually written anonymously. It was written okay. by a guy. But are, come a man are you, wrote that. Is that how you want to win this debate? Uh, I don't care how I win the debate. I'm, I, very, I, I'm I, always I, I don't about think that. I think your shot at winning the debate is small, even with that argument. I guess it was written anonymously. Was, That's, yes. You should have corrected me there. It was written and anonymously. And it was a huge bestseller because, oh my gosh, an anonymous novel about Washington. It'll be the same about AI. No, and AI it was will about read like, everybody's, uh, every article. Oh, an anonymous AI just took all the gossipiest things it could find and it wrote a novel. It, it, like People will love that. You're suggesting that the AI is going to somehow find so, the gossip? Hypothetical, write a this gossip isn't the best novel? ever, but uh, uh, an AI that reads page six right, and, let's go to the, and comes up with every name on there and makes a novel out of it. Let's go to the double down, which you foisted upon me. <laughs> oh, God. Whatever, man. No, that's fine. Yeah. Let's so where we, where we just ended was four additional minutes to the original four yeah. minutes. No, that's fair. I, this one... Okay, so now I've got a difficult job, which is to sort of tease out <laughs> what's what. Um, and I think <clears throat> I I don't I don't know. I didn't. I really disliked the semantic argument about who, like who, the author. Me too. You know. That wasn't, and I'm sorry, wasn't I, very I fun, That's right? Not good. To, you know, because Agreed. let's say, I'm not here to have fun. Let's I mean, I'm here to win, though. Like, let's just, I am, you might be here I to am, have fun. but I don't have to, I don't Maybe have the to listeners win. Are. Okay, fair not enough. What I'm concerned with. So, what here's what I didn't like about yeah, it, yeah. Uh, you know, I can imagine with without thinking about AI, some text is discovered by someone that was written and whatever and someone else shepherds it from the like the basement of some house to the whatever like there's an there's an or someone completes it someone takes it down someone's telling old stories and who gets credit for the uh you know like i just don't think it's important what we care about is who told the story okay. at the end of the day i think when we're talking about a new york times bestseller we don't totally care about the ghostwriter that's involved. For instance, Healy, I think you may have left the ghostwriter on the table there. Mm -hmm. um, table, oh, table scraps. <laughs> table, table scraps. scraps. <laughs> um, but anyway, so like that kind of, and that occupied a fair amount of the debate. So what? Unfortunately, what, yes. What that was, like yeah. came to the surface is Gladwell and, and, and Lewis, which is, I, you know, in the, double, in the double, down, double down, I was sort of convinced by that. Healy yeah. maybe was also convinced by yeah. that. But then Healy <laughs> had a great point, which is like the story may be over with AI by the time it's juicy enough for a Gladwell and Lewis to get to it such that they'll ignore it and write about something else. Like, you know, I don't know, something that happened 500 years ago. B.I. Right. So, wait, the, I think I just got credit possible. for an argument I didn't really make. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, my point was that Healy, you didn't really rise to the occasion right. on the Gladwell okay. and Lewis thing, <laughs> sure. which was so, so Dave may have defaulted to win that one. <laughs> okay. Um, 
But I think you may have also well, defaulted to win the yeah. other one because Dave's only argument was the semantic thing, which <laughs> I didn't really sure. like. So, yeah, that's so double down <laughs> with two, right. produces two wins by default. Very unsatisfying Kinda. results yeah. for everyone. Yeah. yeah. Not the not the highest caliber <laughs> debating to kick it off. But thank you at Adam W13. I hope that we I hope we didn't let top. you down. It's yeah. not the top that's spot. One that's not the top spot for sure. That was a good top. And there's a good debate no, out there. And maybe the you'll have it, listener. What do you think? I do. I do think that a best-selling book will be written by AI in the next seven years. I th- think it's totally possible. It's kind of like, it feels kind of inevitable, but I do think there has to be like a bit of an idea behind it. Like it has to be like a clever meta book about now, AI or something. readable book that can like, be credited I mean, what about a book- to a computer will be interesting to someone who will then say something and then suddenly everybody's going to want to read it. What if you did like you read all of Reddit and were like, make the story that would appeal the most to these readers or something, or that combines the most popular themes or something? Right. Well, I was thinking, what if you just like gave an AI prompt that was just like, write a New York Times bestselling novel? Mm. What would come out? <laughs> I mean, the, Healy, this is like yeah. basically what your <laughs> book is about, version. right? I love that. Um, everybody go buy my book. Um, for people who haven't read Healy's book, I'd like to plug Healy's book, How I Became a Famous Novelist. It is largely about this. It's about a cynical man who tries to write a yeah, famous accurate. novel, right? Thanks. Would you say, Healy? And it's oh, hi- hysterical and oh, a wow, beautiful story as well. Uh, and is the winner of the Thurber Prize of American Wouldn't humor, have sold it better myself. Right? Thank you, Dave. Appreciate it. Yeah. No, it is really good. Um interesting what will yeah like you're so right though healy like the cover is going to be designed by ai and it's like going to go on like an ai somehow like an ai planned publicity tour somehow like there's going to be like a computer that's like answering questions Uh of stephen colbert and stuff and like people will kind of love it and kind of hate it but everyone will watch it if if this happens but what about reading books is such a strange like the people who are still reading a book are they fighting ai like they're the people who might not like it the most right i don't know well certainly the people writing books are fighting it yeah i would think um i don't know interesting i mean there there's a reason that this is like you know that the copyright legality of all the stuff is up for debate because like at some point the ai is going to like borrow enough from other writers that it may that i think is an argument that i probably that might be table scraps on my side a lot of you scraps know what i mean is that table. like yeah <laughs> I, it, this might be so much yeah. that we declare this a leftovers <clears throat> debate and we just like pack it up and take it home and like a leftovers debate you can have again later <laughs> maybe can warm it eat up, it up or, or eat it cold it's like yeah, put it in a sandwich. Some people like to just throw it into an omelet. Leftover sort of like, sandwich oh, debate should be a thing where it's like a much more easygoing version of a debate that was from before. <laughs> right. There's no clock. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you think that means something, great. I don't know what that means, but sure. Um, do we he, he got any host chat or Dan or should we just go on to the <laughs> next talk? I think the best thing we can do for everybody is to have a great debate. 
You know, let's I just think so too. get into I think we've it and enough. redeem ourselves. <laughs> leftover a bit. sandwich, we have yeah. the end point of host chat. Okay, yeah. okay, good. Um, it's uh, the, in this time in which we're recording, which is perhaps close to the yeah. time which we're releasing, we're deep into the holidays. I would say we're in the midst of the holiday yeah. Yeah. season. And so I thought it might be fun to do a top that, debate a top that uh, is related to one of the great parts of the holiday season, which is enjoying holiday-themed movies, right? Hmm. Um, and so I've got one teed up for uh, Steve Healy to take the pro on. And that top is Home Alone is fun for the whole family. I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro. I'm going to take kind of a tenderfoot approach here because I'm not sure what predators could lurk on the con side of this topic because you got Macaulay Culkin, you got Pesci, Daniel Stern, some funny burglars. You got uh, Catherine O'Hara. It's wintertime. It's peak of America's self-confidence. It's 1992, I think, 91. I don't know what year the release was, but just everything was just hitting, hitting, hitting. The colors, the directing, the cinematography, the story, the, the background people, it's all there. It just knocked our socks off when we saw it it still does uh, nostalgia from grandma on down if you put that movie on everyone in the room is just going to be uplifted a little bit uh and that's a hit i have isolated just in the time that you were speaking what i would call three danger zones uh age wise for people who might not who i think have very good reason to not like home alone the first is very young children, let's say ages two to six. This is a terrifying movie to kids of that age. The basic idea is that your family leaves you behind. It's their worst nightmare. Frankly, I don't see a lot of those kids getting past like the 20 minute mark. It's a, it's like the scariest movie they could see because it feels real. It's like plausible. It's, you know, it's a mm -hmm. relatively grounded movie. I, I wouldn't show this to my four-year-old kid. Uh, Medina can maybe fill us in. He, he's a very familiar with that age group next target zone that i think is not going to be a fan of this not going to have fun is not fun for the whole family i'm looking at about 15 to 18 you're a jaded teenager and you can expand this by a couple years on each side the humor is corny you don't want to have fun with your family you don't want to watch a movie like this that is like fest if this is a, like to them this is a lame corny holiday movie if i were 18 years old or even really if i was like 22 years old i don't think i'd want to watch home alone i think i'd rather like that's not gonna be fun for me especially like to fun for the whole family to be connotes that you're like sitting down to Good watch point. it Note that i don't point, want to watch a fun Sorry, family okay even if you're not okay am i if i'm 19 years old am i going to sit down to watch home alone alone or with my 19 year old friends no that's like the lamest thing i could be doing the final group is basically like i'll call them like middle-aged people or even just like adults in general the like the second half of the movie is basically like a dumb kids movie. I don't want to see people getting hit in the head with paint cans. I don't want to see this like Rube Goldberg thing. I don't care about that. I don't want to see a kid who thinks he's smart and like 
learns to brush his teeth or whatever happens in the movie. I don't really remember. It's not like the mystery of the wet bandits is enough to keep me it like to make me have fun with that. Like there, I'm not saying it's not like a good movie, but I just don't think it's going to be like fun. Like when is the last time? And by the way, Healy, if your standard is like it, the family isn't watching it together, which I'm curious to hear what you say. Can you imagine like I like a, a two. Fifty-five-year-old people sitting down to watch Home Alone together after like ten minutes, I'd be like, "Can we just watch, you know, Tar or something like tar, that?" We really right, want to sure. watch. Um, uh, <laughs> Shout out to okay, Tar, I'm baby. Healy, <laughs> I'm taking the pro, as I told you earlier. We know that well, good stalling uh, technique. I'm interested yeah. because I really think this debate comes down is going to come down to like fun for the whole family, meaning the whole family is watching it. And I think that's a fair interpretation of the topic. I think, yes, a 19-year-old watching it alone alone will not be be fun. But if you imagine a whole family as an audience, no matter what the family is, unless it's a 19-year-old alone, which is arguable whether that's a family, and even so might be appealing to them in a certain way. But any imagine any whole family watching Home Alone, and I ask you, listener, to form that image in your mind. Take your own family, take your friends' families, different kinds of families. I I, I involve all families. Think of what's happening. Wait. I mean, this is like to me. Yeah. Okay, so Keely, you want them. You yes, want them and to you're be watching, watching together. together. This, I actually every, think now. Like, Grandma doesn't know what's happening, but she's having fun because the kids are laughing. And there's a part that's nostalgic for the people who love Catherine O'Hara. They know her. The people who remember the movie from when they first saw it on down to the kids and it's being shared. The kid is not afraid because everyone is laughing. This is actually a great way to diffuse whatever fears a four-year-old would have from this fun movie that's, you know, making it okay. But people aren't laughing. laughing with their smiling. Like Catherine O'Hare's character is absolutely joy. terrified. When she leaves, when, when they discover that they've left Kevin at home, it's like a moment of sheer terror. And the whole thing comedy. is like, Come we on. need to get it's home as quickly as possible. What's that? It's for comedy. It's played yes, for comedy if you're yes. grown up. And this maybe. is how kids actually, learn. This I don't think that's right, Keely. I think it's actually played as like very serious stakes that like there. I mean, this is the premise of the movie, yeah. Healy, is that there's a kid I recall, home alone. I recall the premise of home alone. And it's alone. like, I mean, it's like, have you have you seen like Mars no, Needs Moms? There's a reason example? why that's like the not mom a hit. gets abducted too in scary the first, and bad. And home alone I know. is always just a little bit cutting that under you there. You're just, okay. You know, you're on safe ground somehow. That's why it's such a hit. That's why it's for the whole family because they just take care of that. They take care of that. Like, yes, Healy kids, kids in that like 10 year old zone, of course are going to know that it's fine, but kids who are, again, but they're with the whole family. They're with the whole family. They're exposed to this in a safe. It's almost like a vaccine or an inoculation. It's and, good. They're growing and up. And their older 16-year-old sister is going like, just, Mom, yeah, do we yeah, have yeah. to watch this no. fucking movie? It's so lame. I don't want to listen to Elvis and whatever else is on the soundtrack. She puts on her little and protest kids, sure. it's got Joe Pesci in it. I don't know who the fuck Joe Pesci well, is. I want to watch Mr. Beast unbox the, the fucking family, thing, whatever. Or a serious conversation. It's, that's how pissy well, is that they're know, watching Home Alone. You know is so implausible because what's really happening is the Daria. The Daria Isabella, we don't slay Well, fucking put on a different movie then, Mom. You know, that's a family that's breaking that's apart. A, that's exactly what the, happens when you put on the best this thing that can happen classic. to the family is to everyone agree to sit down, just watch Home Alone together, 
And I think we'll hear a lot less F-bombs afterwards. I think we'll feel a lot better about each other. The whole family is going <laughs> to enjoy it. And even your little uh, pesky 15-year-old, she's going to come. The Daria shell will be burst a little bit. She'll have to smile here and there. The whole family's together. Home Alone is fun. What for the part is she really going to smile at? Daniel Stern, like, putting his hand on a hot <laughs> doorknob? It's literally, like, yeah, cartoon stuff. fun. Well, I mean, I, because you're, yeah, you're a perfect target audience for Home Alone. Like, you have the nostalgia built in, and you like, apparently, like, you know, big dumb jokes and stuff that kids would laugh at, and that's fine. Like, I'm not saying that your family wouldn't have a great time, but, like, I think you're, you're like, a good age to enjoy Home Alone. Like, it meant something to you as a child, but for most people, it didn't, and especially for kids who are, like, I don't know, 30 and under a whole probably family, it doesn't mean it all anything. has some meaning you know that maybe they know kieran culkin it's all for the whole family yes it works <laughs> kids this is the brother this <laughs> young boy is the brother of, of the Daddy's kid show. on that show <laughs> yeah. that we don't let you watch that we're always saying is that we like so much that we watch after you guys go to bed kids would love that can you imagine um, oh, and kids, that guy, Joe Pesci, this is a funny movie, but he's in a lot of serious movies that are actually ranked number two and eight on Daddy's top ten movies of all time list. You're saying this is like, you're like, saying this is a parody and like, uh, some kind of demonstration of a bad thing. Well, I'm having fun with it, obviously. But actually, I don't think like, really a family that's happen, but like, even, even if dad is lame and talking like that, it, the family's together and they're talking and that's good and fun is being had by the family and every, every image that we've created of anyone watching this movie is fun. Yeah, this is classic. Um, I think Healy, uh, sort of myopia from you and I'll throw myself into this category coming from like a happy functional family that watched movies together. I don't think most families get together and enjoy the process of watching a movie just because they're sitting dark and argument, watching a movie. Dark argument, but and this fair. Is the However, of, I would say to a unhappy, distressed family, like oh, putting home alone on the TV is very likely to be an improvement rather than a deprovement. Whether it makes, whether it solves all the problems, I don't think so, but it's going to be more fun than just having whatever else is on TV on by a lot, by a lot. The toddlers are going to be scared. The teenagers are going to be super upset that they have to watch this garbage. It's going to improve the mood in that house by a lot. I mean, like if you think about the kind of jokes that are in this movie are just the kind of like set pieces, like they're not. Also, that's another thing is that like all the stunts do not look good by today's standards. So when those guys like what even that just makes it better family entertainment, you know, those guys are not in like real danger. You're a little getting a wink. It's all part of the fun for the family, which the movie is perfectly designed. to. When you were a kid, when you were a kid, did you like watching movies from like 1962? Um, I didn't. That's how old the movie is. It feels like super dated. It it's looks a rare. Lame uh, it was sound of music. They're sure. not going with my like, family. Yeah, they're not going. I did. I don't know what year that's from, but roughly then. And if the whole family is watching it, sure. But th- and those movies are rare. They're rare. I'm not saying like most movies from 1962 are a lot of fun, but like a rare classic like Home Alone, fun for the whole family. I mean, if the sound of music started with like a, I mean, well, whatever. 
Sure. The Sound of Music is a good example, I suppose. But even but like if I were a kid, actually, now that I think about it and it opens with a woman like spinning around going like the hills are alive and then they like make clothes out of curtains and stuff and they're putting on like a marionette show and there's yodeling. I don't think if I were younger than 12, I would have been into that. But we're not arguing about the Sound You don't of think music. if you were younger than 12? We're, you I'm like saying if you're a six year old, you wouldn't find that kind of interesting. The marionette show. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's the point is oh, not sure. that the sound of music is good or bad to po- for children. The point is that it's like dated and like dated movies are a very hard sell more than ever for for like anyone under for the, the whole age fam- 20. I would they're for say. the whole family. Yeah, those people yeah, are included like, in the family. I'm not like saying the family, like two 11 year old girls would, should watch Home Alone themselves, although I think they would have a good time. But I think that for the whole family, yes, fun for the whole family. I've said enough. And I noticed that you picked an age that is conveniently outside of any of my three so-called danger zones, and we'll end the argument there, the debate. That wasn't an argument. Who am I kidding? Um, Medina. Yeah, okay. So I was tugged in two separate directions. I... Dave, I think your danger zones are very well enumerated and definitely correct. Healy knows that. However, what I will say, and so, and I think that's a strong and potentially, depending on who you are, a great argument. Winning argument, maybe. I don't know. Two things that, that Healy said really were tugging at me. One is, and this is to deal with the young kids, there's a sense that you know you're safe at all times in Home Alone, and I think that that's really true. So... Although there's some scary stuff, it's part of the arc of the <laughs> the main character, right? With the furnace and all that stuff. We know he's going to be okay at the end of the day. And that does lend itself to sort of being a family movie, right? Um, but I think also mm-hmm, there... Mm-hmm. Healy wanted me to imagine a certain family watching this movie. I could imagine it. But then you made me feel like, well, there are probably some families who it, it would not be a hit for. So I don't know. I'm on the fence here. Is it possible that the families that might not the, enjoy it are the less no, I Gentile? Think it's, oh, I didn't yeah, even think of that. That's <laughs> interesting. Why? Yeah, well, I didn't <laughs> want to say it, but it means a lot less. I guess say table scraps. I thought you were going to kill me because it's pretty much an all-white movie. Like, yes, are you first kidding of all, me? That. there's a lot of families where you put this on. You're like, what? Are you, why are you showing <laughs> me this all-white people? family? Well, was, that's <laughs> a great point. Table Very true. Yeah. yeah. Wow, t- the table scraps. I know. The great thing is, dog time. is going like he's going to be pawing at the table, lapping it up. <laughs> topics, the great debate. Topic. The dog's name is Topics. Um, is it a male or female? Oh, that's a great breed yeah, of dog. dog. I think it's a. Yeah, it's we're a all guys. Dog. I think it's a shelter guy. dog, right? Yeah. Who are we shelter kidding? Dog, sure. Yeah. Little, yeah, it's little like a mud. It's just this. But he's starving. <laughs> he's well fed, <laughs> listeners. We take care of him. However, oh, he's when he gets well to know, yeah, don't worry about topics. Oh, okay. That I, I, I. All right. So there's no real winner. I feel okay about that. I. I know that I. I felt good, but not great about what I did there. And I think there was more to be said. I don't know what it was though. And I did get worked up. Which is great. Whenever that happens, I feel a little bad good. about that. 
Yeah. yeah. I do think, though, the whole thing about watching movies from 1962, I was, I mean, we watched old movies. Wizard of Oz is on every year. When I was a kid. Yeah, we watched Wizard of Oz every year. But I think to Healy's point, there there is something about, like, there's a handful of movies that do Mm. transcend time very well. And they tend to be, like, fairy tale-ish like the wizard of oz you home know? alone we're not sure um, if it's... gone with the wind was or oh, i'm sorry sound of music yes, was a really I good agree. example a counter example because it's a musical and like that that also helps sort of like yeah. right don't you think wait what did you say gone with the wind <laughs> i don't know i messed up i meant to say the sound of music gone with the wind has not I, I was saying that like i yeah uh, no. Totally, totally. No, I, I Gone with the Wind was in my head because it's as old, it's from the same year as Wizard of Oz. But what I meant to say was that um, the sound of music is, I think, ages well in part because it's a musical, and the uh, same with Wizard of Oz. But like those things tend to sort of be a little more universal, both at the time and for the rest of time, maybe or something. I don't know. I'd cool. like to stop talking. Okay. Yeah. I think. <laughs> well, I had a great time one way or another. I I me too. We'll probably try to watch Home Alone this year. I th- if I can find the time. I think it's fun to watch every now and then. Healy, I mean, sorry. Medina Hazel is your oldest yes, child yeah. is 5 years old, right? She's, Will she It's not what, what quite action Home 2 Alone years be? from now she's ready, I think. Yeah. I think she, yeah okay okay but she wouldn't no. actually be scared well, if she watched it it would just be the, like kind of go over it, her head. I think yeah. the scary parts are pretty short you know yeah if you watch yeah, like that's right. Frozen or Lion King or anything like that that shit is scary bro really right Lion King right yeah they're going for genuine I, I had scary never moments, really seen yeah. it and I watched it with my kids they're too young still but really too young because it's there's like a whole terrifying we turned it off for a while. there's like a big fire and the wow i mean i don't know it's scary fire yeah and some really dark we watched um snow white recently that's really scary okay and i will you know hayes loved it but it was i was surprised it was scary it was very scary they're talking about death a lot. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. I don't, I don't, I don't like that. that. So anyway, I don't like that. who knows? Maybe she'll like it. I'm going to give it a shot. I'll report back to see if she goes for uh, Home Alone. Home Alone Sal and loves together. It. Okay, there you go. Well, there you go. You got to watch. Okay, All right, guys. take us out of here. Medina. I hope everybody has good a good evening or a good day or whatever the hell you're doing. Thanks for joining us in The Great Debates. We'll see you all very soon. The Great Debates is produced by Mark Caracello. The theme song was composed by Christopher Knight. The debaters are Steve Healy and Dave King, and the podcast is moderated by Dan Medina. Rockin' around the Christmas tree, let the Christmas spirit ring.